This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Matt, what I think about this draft is not just that they attack the offense, but if you think back to the criticism, well, I think rightfully so, of last year, their rookie class didn't contribute as much as they wanted them to, and as much as they should have, as much as they would have hoped or whatever. Look at the Chiefs. They win the Super Bowl. They get all these rookie contributions. This has been something people have talked about. I think the Bills said in this draft, we need this rookie class to contribute this year. This is not going to be about the future. This is not going to be about drafting Terrell Bernard in the third round to take over for Tremaine Edmonds. Even though Brandon Bean said, we only have one-year deals on all these defensive tackles, they didn't take one. It's not about the future. This draft to me was about two things, offense and getting guys on the field now. He mentioned specifically Justin Shorter and Dorian Williams, how we drafted them because we felt they will get a jersey this year. That is the GM telling you we drafted guys specifically over other guys because they have a better chance to actually be on the field on game day. I see what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I also think given where those players were drafted, it's also probably a pretty foregone conclusion that they should be earning a jersey. I guess it's just a matter of how they're going to be used because Osiris Torrance is going to be on the team, but we don't know if he's going to start. Justin Shorter is going to make the team. I don't really think he's going to start. Well, wait a minute, Matt. Now, a foregone conclusion. See, this is the issue, though. A.J. Epinesa didn't get one. Boogie Basham didn't get one. They were inactive. They were two second-round picks who did not. And my point is, I think they look back and say, like, we can't have that. We need guys who are playing for us week one of the season. Well, that brings me to the Dorian. I don't want to jump ahead here, but that's why, for me, if you had to tell – if you had to ask – if I had to say which pick was the most head-scratching, to me it was Dorian Williams – Correct. And it has nothing to really do with even the player. It just has more to do with the situation Mm -hmm. and him saying like, oh, we think he can earn a jersey, all this stuff. But how's he going to get on the field? Like you're not drafting a guy in the third round to be a special teams contributor and a backup linebacker. But why not? Why why do you think a guy in the third round has to be a starter? I don't. I mean, no, the, the Bills played 70. The Bills played 73 players last year. Mm-hmm. Like a, a backup third, a third rounder who's a backup is fine. It's a contributor. And if he plays all special teams, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, I see that point, but I guess the question becomes if you are drafting for immediate impact, maybe should there have been an emphasis put on a position where that impact can be like, greater? Where would that be? Well, I, I think it was hopefully for them defensive tackle and that didn't ultimately end up okay, happening. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. All right. Let's play this out for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give our, friend John Scott credit for this because we had the same debate in the media room and he said this John Scott from uh, Spectrum News let's just say they did that I don't agree I don't disagree I thought they would have I was actually on the they're going to take one here like I was saying they're going to take one they never did they never took one throughout the whole weekend Uh here are your defensive tackles right now Ed Oliver Daquan Jones Tim Settle Jordan Phillips your top four 
Matt, the Bills only keep four. They rarely keep five on the roster. You draft yeah. one in the third round. Who's not making the team? Um, maybe Tim Settle. That's my oh, guess. Tim, no way. I think Tim Settle is. He even they even restructured his deal. Like I think, I, I mean, he would have been over underwhelming. Maybe. I mean, it could happen. Anything can happen. Jordan Phillips would be maybe the first guy I'd get to. But yeah, and, and you do have injuries. My point is, a third round rookie to me is not beating any of those players out. No, but I don't think a third round rookie is getting on the field and really any meaningful snaps on defense, considering who he's the primary backup for and the other guys in that linebacker room. The thing about the defensive line is they rotate those guys. That's they right. really don't rotate the linebackers nearly as much as they do with the defensive line. But none of the so, defensive linemen play special teams either. That's a good point. Okay. So it kind of goes both ways. I just don't think that given his size and his skill set, that we're going to see him lined up next to Matt Milano consistently. I think it could happen here or there. I also think back to Terrell Bernard last year, like you used the same asset on that guy and he's been in your system now. Yeah. So now it's the time to showcase him to see what he has. So that just buries you even further down the depth chart. And like Tyrell Dotson's going to get a shot. He's been around yeah. forever. Like, they're going to give him a shot before they give Dorian Williams a shot, or at least you would think they would. Brandon even kind of said, those guys are the leaders in the cl- – I think he said Tyrell. I think he said Tyrell. Here's why I think it's really yeah. weird to me. Actually, it's kind of funny. After they drafted Williams, he indicated that he's just going to play outside and back up Matt Milano. Hmm. But on Sunday when he, he spoke su- to us, he, he kind of indicated – yeah, he kind of indicated that, okay, well, we might get him a shot in the middle. I don't disagree with your overall point. I want to tell you that, that – they kind of just replicated what they did last year. And they already have a lot of guys there. In fact, I mean, almost exactly replicated it. Bernard was the 89th pick overall. He's 6'1", 224. And Williams is the 91st pick. He's 6'1", 229. I think the same player, right? But what I'm saying is you still have to have backups in this league. Mm-hmm. And a third rounder on this team, it's tough to it's tough for anybody to start. I don't know, you know, I mean, they they have a good roster. So if you take a third round linebacker and he winds up being the backup will linebacker on game days and play special teams, I have zero problem with that. Yeah, I guess it all comes down to though the same thing with Terrell Bernard because in my head I've still always thought of him being the primary backup behind Matt Milano. It would be disappointing if Terrell Bernard doesn't what? win the mic now, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess after the, after the after a year of investment in him in the third round, probably and Tremaine Edmonds leaving. Who would you say right now would be your favorites to start? Really, let's let's do the entire defense, but start with the linebackers and then the line and the DBs and stuff. The the DBs and the you know D line are a lot easier well, than the linebackers. Tre'Davious White and Kyrie Elam, I think. I think yep. I think Kyrie Elam probably steps up to be the first round pick. At least you know he he'll have that shot, and I think he wins. Yeah. Um. We know it's going to be Hyde and Poyer. Yeah. We know Rapp will be a backup safety on the D line. It's going to be Daquan Jones and Ned Oliver. Right. You're going to have yep. Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips as your backups, and then at defensive end, it's Greg Rousseau and Von Miller. Until Von Miller's ready, uh-huh. I think it's probably Shaq Lawson. But who knows? I mean, unless AJ Epinesa has a really good camp, although I mm-hmm. think his roster status could be in flux, depending. But that's what it looks like to me. You go to linebacker. It's Matt Milano. And then there's the debate. It's going to be a competition. It's going to be Bernard, Dodson, Bale Inspector, right? I mean, who knows? Oh, yeah, we, we, didn't, even mention, yeah, we right? didn't even mention Bale Inspector. AJ Klein, have. he will not start. I will tell you that right now. I, I don't think he will, but I think he'll be like, he'll probably make the team because they want a veteran oh, backup. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he'll be the guy. I think they'll utilize him the same way they did in years past, where like if a, a team is going heavy on them or if it's yes. a play where you think they're going to run it, like you're going to put him out there. You also, I mean, it, it's a foregone conclusion, but Taron Johnson is also going to be starting for this defense. Yes, yes, yes. So um, that's your that's your eleventh guy, of course. Yeah. So I I just think if you said right now who are the starting linebackers, I think Dorian Williams is like the fourth name that I get to now, maybe he comes in and has an unbelievable training camp. Like we don't know. I, I can't sit here and lie to you and say that I watched every two lane football game and I know exactly what the bills are getting, but it was interesting that Brandon was asked the difference between Balen Spector and Dorian Williams. And he didn't say this exactly, but it almost felt like they really liked the potential of Williams and they really liked the productivity of Bernard. It's like, you're kind of get projecting two different things. Yeah. One of them is like, we have seen this guy make massive plays on a football field for a really big school in Baylor. And we think this other guy can be a really, really good player. And that's kind of the, the takeaway that I had from the linebackers and how those two differentiate themselves. Well, the one thing we're sure of that we know they didn't take a legitimate surefire starter week one by going in the first round for a Jack Campbell like the Lions did or even mm -hmm. Drew Sanders when he was on the board. This yeah. is going to be a competition. There are also some veteran veteran linebackers out there that you know wouldn't rule out bringing them in, but this is going to be an interesting competition in camp. I could see it going anyway. Um, and I, I do think, though, that taking the same kind of linebacker right there when these guys are already fighting is a bit of a head scratcher. We'll see how it shakes out. In the meantime, I could say the same thing about Justin Shorter, the wide receiver they took out of Georgia, I mean, sorry, out of Florida, excuse me, because I, he said he'll get a jersey. He's yeah. going to be a core special teamer. You can project out and think he's Gabe Davis's replacement. I don't know. I don't want to think that no. way. He'd have to have a really, really impressive rookie season. But no. to have an impressive rookie season, he'd have to be on the field a lot. I don't see a lot of snaps for this guy either, except playing on special teams. Yeah, which is interesting because he does have a different skill set. He immediately comes into the Bills wide receiver room as their biggest wide receiver. Yep. They've got two guys who are 6'4", but he's a little bit heavier. So maybe he gets red zone looks. Maybe he gets some play, more play on offense than we think he was going to. But I don't know how. Like, unless there's injury, a lot of injuries, because you would think, let's go down the list. Tar those targets are going to go to Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir, and, okay, we just named five guys. And if by the way, how much did Brandon Bean talk about Khalil Shakir and how much they like him in that press conference on like Sunday? A lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Yes. Now, I wonder if that's kind of temp – not tempering – I wonder if they went into this trying to get somebody who could really be an impact slot wide receiver, like a, like a Josh Downs or like a Jordan Addison or one of those guys. And they didn't. And now they're like, okay, that's fine. We still really trust Khalil. So I, I do think that he is going to have a nice season because I like his skill set. I like that he made some big plays for the team. We really liked him in training camp last year. We've talked about this on the podcast before. One of the things that I think the Bills do that's a little bit to their fault is they lean into experience a little bit too much. I've thought this for a while. I think like, okay, you trust these guys because of experience instead of taking the chance on some of these younger players. And I felt a little bit that way last year with Cole Beasley coming back at the end of the season with the Jamison Crowder addition, you know, obviously gets hurt, even with Isaiah McKenzie. Like after a while, those didn't seem to be working. So in my head, I'm like, why isn't Shakir getting on the fields more? Now, we don't see everything. Maybe he's not practicing as well as they would like him to or producing as well as they would like him to.
But eventually you got to, you know, roll the dice and you got to take a risk with these younger players. So, yeah, I, I think Shakira is going to be pretty involved in this offense moving forward. Well, they also took two guards and we haven't talked about their second round pick, Osiris Torrance. But let's limp, lump him in with Nick Broker, the guard they took out of Ole Miss, because they really haven't attacked the interior of the offensive line. As I said, they now signed Connor McGovern, David Edwards and drafted Osiris Torrance and Nick Broker. They also uh, brought in Kevin Jarvis. Don't expect him necessarily to be a factor, but he also could be you know, considered a guard as well. Osiris Torrance. Here's the question that, that I'll, um, I guess I'll just ask you, does he beat out Ryan Bates or Connor McGovern for a starting job? Goes back to the thing I just said. I think they sometimes trust the veterans and the guys who have been here a little bit more than maybe some other teams do. We don't know. He could come into training camp and he could look like he's, an unbelievable player and should be on the starting line immediately. Or he could come in and say, this guy's going to need a little bit of time to get to where he's trying to go. I think he's going to play snaps for this team. I don't know if it's going to be consistent. The one thing I will say is offensive line is a position that gets just banged up every yep. year. You know what I mean? Like you've got Ike sure. Butker coming back off of a season ending injury the year before, Mitch Morris has had concussion problems. Spencer Brown was battling injuries last year. Ryan Bates, I, I think, had a couple injuries, if memory serves me correct, last year. Like, you're going to get different combinations on the field. So I like that you're investing in that position. I also like having a guy like Ryan Bates because you can kind of move him anywhere. And I think that that makes Torrance's job yes. a little bit easier because if he definitely, if he comes to camp and you're like, this guy needs to be playing you can still utilize Ryan Bates in other ways. And, and I almost think this move is a little bit as much about 2024 as it is about 2023. I like how you said that. I think because you think about Mitch Morris's situation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he's had concussions. People have wondered what his future looks like. He was a, he was the bills. I thought best offensive lineman last year, but those things are reality and his, you know, contract number and things like that. So if, if you move on from Mitch Morris after this year, for whatever reason, by the way, not rooting for it. Like I said, he was a really good player yeah. for them, and hopefully he still plays a long time. But if you do happen to move out, if something were to happen, you could slide Ryan Bates to center. He still has three more years left on his deal, a little over $4 million a year. It's not really expensive. You could no. live with him as a backup, but he could be your starting center. And then Osiris Torrance could also be your starting guard. So I like that. They have a lot of flexibility. They have a lot of guys like that, by the way. They love their flexible offensive linemen. Connor McGovern's as flexible as they come. They can do a lot. By the way, Ryan Bates even played tackle in preseason one year. So mm -hmm. those are areas. Are you surprised they didn't draft a straight-up tackle? And, you know, especially a right tackle, maybe, to give a little bit of competition for Spencer Brown. A little bit, but it felt like, and this is kind of what Brandon also alluded to, it felt like Torrance was the outlier left on the board with the offensive lineman as an entire group, and they strictly went best player available regardless that he's interior and not somebody who has the versatility. And it also feels like that's part of the reason why he slid. Like a lot of these teams really value versatility. It does not sound like Osiris Torrance has almost any versatility. Like even, is it, is it broker? Is that how you pronounce it? I think broker, it is yeah. broker. Like even they said he can snap. They don't know if he could do it consistently, but they're right. like, he has snapped. He started games at tackle. He started games at guard. Like Osiris Torrance is a guard. And for some teams, maybe that's why they passed on him because they wanted somebody who has a little bit more versatility. But hey, for the Bills, you have to be they thrilled have, with Bills that. The Bills might have drafted the best 
interior offensive lineman in the draft with that pick. I know a lot of people think that they did. I mean, we do leading up to the draft, we did 10 prospect profiles. We featured 10 different players who made sense for the bills to draft, whether it was in the first round or just early in the draft, like on a day two pick. And Torrance was one of the guys we featured. And we were talking about him, not as a second round pick, but as a first round pick, just from all of the different things that we've read and analysts we've talked to. So I think that's probably pretty consensus, the Bills' best pick in this draft, because the value was just too good to pass up. And then they rounded out their draft class with a cornerback, Alex Austin from Oregon State. I guess it's what you do, Matt. You draft corners, because in the in the NFL, you can never have enough corners. I don't see much of a path for him. Probably more of a project guy, a guy that I'd be surprised if he made the roster, especially if everybody's healthy. And if you expect Tredavious White to be healthy, which no reason why you shouldn't, um, and to be you know back to Tredavious White, you have Tredavious White, you have Kyrie Elam, you have Christian Benford, who doesn't have to go to safety now with the additions they made there with Taylor Rapp and Zane Anderson and the guys they have. You have Dane Jackson still in the roster. I think it's – um you have – Obviously, Taron Johnson in the slot. Cam Lewis can play the slot if you want. So, to me, this is just something you do. You draft corners to have them in your system and put them on the practice squad. One general observation, really, about the Bills in general, and this is after free agency and it's after the draft, I know there was no massive splash this season. There was no Von Miller addition. There was no, like, drastic changes to the team. But it feels like there was also an emphasis on just adding important depth almost across the board. Like if you look at the offensive line depth chart right now, it is substantially better than it was. If you look at the running back depth chart, you lose Singletary, but you probably really like Damian Harris. And now you're going in with Damian Harris, James Cook, and Naheem Hines. Like you trust those guys at tight end. You just added a first round pick. So now it's not just Dawson Knox and a massive drop off. It's Dawson Knox and a guy who was a first round pick, even at wide receiver, like you paid Deontay Hardy, you paid Trent Sherfield to come here and round out your team. You've got some depth there. And then defensively, you just mentioned the safeties. The safeties is really notable with Taylor Rapp coming in. That yeah. was not something we saw and getting Poyer back and having a healthy hide. And then with the corners, it's just more depth because they're healthy this year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess the one area where you could say that's not the case is the defensive line, but there's enough people there that you can probably piece things together. All right. Brandon Bean did make a couple of trades. Let's discuss that and get to some of your questions.